to the Clan McKenzie podcast. Welcome to McKenzie Monday here at the Clan McKenzie podcast. It's a great episode this week. We've got Brian McKenzie here from Finger Lakes Distilling. They are the makers of McKenzie whiskey. You like bourbon, he's got it. You like rye, he's got it. And if you like single malts like me, he's got those too. Look forward to our discussion and get a chance to know Brian, uh, maybe the newest member of the Clan McKenzie Society of Scotland and the UK. Great episode, hope you enjoy it. Here we go. So we're glad to have with us this week Brian McKenzie of Finger Lakes Distilling. Welcome to our podcast, Brian. Hey, it's great to be here. Ready Thanks to for talk. Hey, yeah. Glad to have you. You know, this show has been, it's a relatively new podcast, uh, but our goal has been to talk to different McKenzies and kind of find out what they're doing, what kind of extraordinary things they're a part of, and something that you're doing that's pretty outstanding is uh, you are following a tradition that's huge in the McKenzie clan family. And that is whiskey making. It goes back a long ways. So can you just tell us a little bit about your background, your Scottish background that you might know about? Sure. Um, yeah, I guess you could say the whiskeys, uh, the Mackenzies have had something to do with whiskey over the over the years. Uh, and uh, we're trying to make our mark here in New York State. Um, as far as my my Scottish ancestry, my, my grandfather came uh, to New York State from uh, Scotland um i guess uh when he was 12 years old so his his father was here uh working on the railroad kind of laid the groundwork for our family and then and then he came over um once things were established a little bit and uh he came from the town of alva um which is not too far from sterling i guess um we've been over we still have family in the area um and uh just very proud of our uh scottish heritage that's awesome. That's something I listened to. A, I think I actually listened to a podcast with you on it where, or maybe it was just an interview, but there you're kind of talking about your, your background in, in that and how it was that uh, basically you were traveling in Scotland and you found yourself in a pub somewhere. And that's sort of what got the idea in your head that maybe you should get involved in whiskey. Well, it definitely sparked my uh, interest in whiskey. Um, I think it was back in 2005. It was my first trip to Scotland and uh, just traveled the whole uh, countryside and I sat down with a, a bartender that really brought me um, up to speed with what, all the different styles of, of scotch. And, and uh, I had been drinking other whiskeys, American style whiskeys, but I, uh, I really fell in love with uh, single malt during that trip. And the, the wide range of uh, styles that can be made and um, it just uh, kind of sparked this idea that uh, why can't we do that kind of thing here in New York State. Um, you know, looking at, I don't know if you've been to the Finger Lakes before, but we're, uh, I think I kind of have a feeling as to why my my family settled here. It, it, it doesn't feel too far off from Scotland. We've got 
uh, beautiful uh, lakes and rolling hills and, you know, lots of rain. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, it, it's a beautiful place. And, and uh, I, I thought this would be a great spot to make whiskey. And, you know, we make a lot of American style whiskeys too, but we've been making uh, Scot Scottish style whiskey, you know, single malt from the beginning. Um, so that was kind of the idea that, that, that planted the seed, you know, a long time ago. And then it was uh, another, you know, three or four years after that, that we actually got the project going. That's awesome. So what, what was it like when you're, when they're, you're there in Scotland, are you doing, uh, you're doing some Isla whiskeys? What are you, what are you feeling there? you like in the space side, what, what were you feeling? I, I, I appreciate the variety. So it's like yeah. wine, you know, for me, sure. we're in a big wine region and I, it depends on, uh, the mood you're in, you yeah. know, um, the, the time of year, you know, there, there, there's a lot of things, but I, I appreciate all the different styles. I, I, I you know, I can drink uh, everything from the big PD stuff from Isla to, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, Mortlock. That's probably one of my favorite. Um, underrated actually, isn't it, man? That's <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, no, I, I like to kind of spread the love around and try a lot of different things. Awesome. Cool. So it's kind of neat, you know, uh, the Finger Lakes, like you mentioned, is a, is kind of a big time wine country, isn't it? There's a lot of, a lot of wineries up there. So you, are you the, you're the first distillery in that area. Is that correct? It's correct. Yeah. We, we, uh, you know, I think we have a couple hundred wineries now. We're making a lot of the Alsatian, you know, white style wines. Um, but, uh, you know, we have a captive audience, people that are out on the wine trail that want to stop and try something different. That was the idea behind the business to kind of make it a tourism uh, style business. And, uh, you know, we make a wide range of products. It's not just the whiskey. We have 25 different products, I think, that we make vodkas, gins, whiskeys, liqueurs, all kinds of stuff. Um, so that was that was the idea. And that's still a big part of our business. We see about 30,000 people. We've kind of modeled our building after the Scotch whiskey uh, distilleries. So you know, white stucco with the block letters and, you know, pagoda roof and everything. That looks um, awesome. Yeah. But, uh, that's it, just part of what we do. Cool. So it's interesting too, that, you know, your, your business is called finger lakes distilling, but your whiskeys and a lot of your main products are called McKenzie. So what, what inspired you to do, go with that, go with your name, as opposed to just sticking with the finger lakes kind of the concept. I've got a really big ego and wanted to put my <laughs> name in the bottle. <laughs> Not really. Um, no, you know, we do so much. We do a lot of contract work and a lot of different styles. So we wanted to brand to the, the area with Finger Lakes Distilling. So that's our corporate brand. Um, but just, you know, really wanted to kind of um, give some, a nod to, to my background with the, in the rich, uh, history of whiskey making with the McKenzie uh, family. And um, actually our first distiller that we had was a McKenzie, uh, although unrelated uh, to me. So, you know, um, that was kind of an interesting uh, story at the time too. So yeah, we, we're, we're really proud of, uh, you know, of our uh, ancestry and just thought it would be a great name for the, the whiskey line. I was happy to be able to share that bottle. You sent me a picture of the single malt because I can't I just can't find one. <laughs> so I was glad you sent me a picture of it, but it's so cool uh, for our audience. They can just envision the label with the McKenzie Tartan in the background as the label. It's, I've not seen another one in a long time. There was a, there was a brand, I think, um, I'm trying to think of the name of it right now. I just lost it. Um, Real McKenzie, I think was the name. It was a blend 
it was a blended uh, whiskey from Scotland and it had that. that it was big down in South America, I think. They, they exported a lot of it or something, yeah. I think that's um, right. Yeah, no, we've only done one batch of single malt uh, that we've released so far. And uh, that ended up um, being released for our 10 year anniversary. So it was, uh, I think it was an 11 year old. Um, awesome. You know, the craft distilling uh, scene has just taken off like crazy in, in the United States. And uh, we're, we're proud to be kind of a pioneer in that movement. We were one of the first in New York state. Um, what you're seeing, I think is a lot of young whiskey being put on the market. Um, you know, we've tried to shy away from that and, and extend our aging and, you know, our bourbons and rise are at, uh, you know, four to seven year range, but with a single malt using, um, mostly, you know, ex bourbon casks and sherry casks and everything, we, we really feel like you need to surpass at least the 10 year mark to release any of that. Um, so that's why we don't have a lot of it. We'll, we'll be putting a lot more now that we're 13 years into the business. We've got uh, a big, you know, a lot of that kind of coming to maturity next year. Yeah, I think that's cool. It's a great concept because like you mentioned, there is so many young whiskeys coming out, which it makes sense for, you know, in America, particularly where there's such a boom that uh, they're, they're just trying to get stuff out to the public, but being able to sit on it and recognizing the benefits of an aged whiskey, you know, and the, and the complexity that it develops over time is it's quite fascinating and it's, it makes a bet, you know, it's not always the case, but a lot of the times it does seem like it produces a better whiskey than, than the, something so young. That's a, something that's kind of cool with regards to the Mackenzie's in our, in our history with regards to even like the Dalmore, you know, there's stories that I heard um, Richard Patterson talking about how, how the Mackenzie's there, they were the one, maybe some of the first actually that recognized the value of aging where everybody else is trying to get it out. They're recognizing, take some time, let's add some years to it, let some let some time pass and, and what kind of benefits that can actually do. So I thought that that's a pretty cool thing. And I, I think they were real sticklers for sticking with a single malt uh, kind of concept. And, and I think they they really got their nose uh, out of joint when people started doing the, uh, the grain whiskeys and blended scotches and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, um, I think they they just kind of had uh, their view of what malt should be like. And, and I, I really respect that. Yeah, me too. Awesome. So as you think about sort of the, the McKenzie's and whiskeys, um, we've, we've highlighted a few different things on our show very briefly. We've not spent a lot of time that as much as we want to, but we're going to. But what are some of the McKenzie related whiskeys that you've been interested in in the past? Are there any in particular that, that stand out or? I mean, you talk about the Delmore, that's kind of the, the big one, you know, uh, it's really cool to see the stag's head on the bottle. Um, you know, there's Glenord. Um, last I knew, I think there's three McKenzie's that work at uh, Jack Daniels. Um, so, you know, they're kind of sprinkled all over the place and, uh, and I'm sure they're important parts of all the operations and, uh, and kind of, uh, stay true to, to making good quality products. Yeah, I think it's true. Thanks for pointing that out about Jack Daniels. It's fascinating. You know, one of your, one of my favorites uh, is rye. So I was super happy to, to come across the idea that you not only produce a rye, but then you're even a part of something that's kind of significant in New York, which is the Empire Rye. Um, what do you call that? Uh, an association. Is that correct? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you go back prior to prohibition, um, you know, everybody thinks of Kentucky with American whiskey now and things hadn't really, really gotten going uh, out that way so much. Um, a lot of the whiskey, U.S. whiskey was made on the East Coast. So New York, Pennsylvania, um, Maryland, and uh, really the, the flavor of the day was rye, not, not really the bourbon um, that you see today. So um, we have tried to bring that back and trying to put New York on the map for, for being a great rye producing region because um, it was historically. And, uh, you know, we've got some great um, producers now that are, that are bringing it back. Uh, I think we have 16 or 18 um, rye producers that are part of this association that we've created. And uh, so we've, we're kind of, kind of creating some criteria that you have to uh, you know, follow if you wanna make it uh, known as an empire rye, um, which is what the, the association you know, is kind of trademarked. And uh, you know, we're part of the, the founding six members and trying to grow that and we're getting some great press over it. And um, as far as I, I, I'm concerned, I think, uh, you know, 20, 30 years from now, it'll be like uh, Speyside Scotch, you know, it's going to be uh, what everybody's looking for. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I've been looking for it. I've been enjoying it. Um, and I was happy to learn, you know, and just trying to do some research um, on this particular whiskey, coming across that little logo there, you have the Empire uh, State, it'd be the Empire Rye logo. And I guess that's the key, right? That's that's how you identify it. You can you can buy any kind of rye. It might be from New York, but unless it has that logo, it's not part of that that empire rye sort of um, ingredients or methodology. Is that correct? Yeah, and it's simple things. It's got to be seventy five percent New York State rye in the mash bill. Uh, you know, there's a there's a maximum of one fifteen proof to go in the barrel. Um, so th there's still a lot of latitude to make it the way you want, but um, we're still trying to um, just kind of bring New York to the to the table in terms of its own style of whiskey. Yeah. So what, what do you think makes yours unique then compared to other rye? Our mash bill is really unique. Um, you know, you've got like Kentucky rye, which are have a lot of corn in them. Um, and then, you know, there's the Canadian uh and then kind of the Indiana model too, which is 95 or 100% rye, where we don't have corn in it, but we have 20% malt. So there's a, a high malt content. Um, and then uh, we, we finish ours in a sherry cask, a portion of it in a sherry cask, which gives it kind of that nice sweetness that pairs well with the, the spice of the, the rye whiskey. I think it does too. That's actually one of the things I love about your rye is that, that finish with the sherry cask. That's, that's solid. Um, there's the rye. You're probably familiar with it, um, James Pepper, James E. Pepper, 1776. Mm -hmm. They do one in a in a sherry cask finish, and it's that's you know pretty excellent. So when I tried yours, I was so happy. It, it's you nailed it. It's it's awesome stuff. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask you a little bit. You know, everybody's been affected by COVID nineteen. The Clan Mackenzie Society of Scotland and the UK has been drastically affected by it because it affected international gatherings that we often have. But the cool thing is it's been able to allow us to interact through things like this, like Zoom, where people can get together that normally would not have been able to get together. So kind of taught us some lessons. Uh, 
has this has this been a rough time for for the whiskey business for you or have you guys been been doing okay and, and, and benefiting somewhat from from these difficult times it's a little bit of a mixed bag um you know generally our our business has been strong through the pandemic and i feel very fortunate about that um you know i think people continue to to imbibe um you know which uh, I guess is good and bad, but um, you know, <laughs> a couple of the, uh, the the problem areas have been more in our uh, on-premise sales. We do a lot of business with New York City bars and restaurants, and you know they're they're slowly getting back on their feet. But we, you know, that definitely hurt us for a period of time. Um, you know, we're fortunate to be in the Finger Lakes, and people uh, found this to be a great way to kind of enjoy life um while still being safe during the pandemic because you could you could get out and hike in the finger lakes and you know come grab a cocktail with us but be sitting outside and looking at the lake and um so you know we we didn't really see a big dip in tourism in fact it probably opened some eyes to um how wonderful the finger lakes really are uh, for for visiting from local you know from cities in the Northeast. Yeah. How far away are you from like Manhattan? I guess I, it's about an hour. About, or so. Yeah, it's about four and a half hours. Oh, four hours. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then we're close to, you know, Philadelphia, Boston, you know, Washington, DC, you know, there's a, there's a lot of metropolitan areas that you could venture up to the Finger Lakes for a nice long weekend and uh, it works out pretty well. Cool. Yeah, there's some uh, some of the society is going to be heading out next year for Tartan Week, so you never know. Maybe maybe uh, you'll be invaded by the Clan Mackenzie Society of Scotland in the UK <laughs> next <be> next awesome. <laughs> summer. Possibly. You never know. Um, so we kind of talked about a little bit your ancestry. You know, just a simple question to ask is um, why do you think exploring your ancestry is important? That's what a lot of people that get involved in the societies and, and things like that, they're, it is important to them. Some strikes them at some point. What about for you? Why do you think it's important? I guess for me, I'm just a, I'm a history buff. You know, the, the history of distilling is, is part of what drew me to the industry. Um, you know, and then as you explore that, it, it takes you back to Scotland and, and you know, uh, just the the uh, kind of the discoveries as it related to to making these kinds of products. Um, you know, I, I I think there's just kind of a nostalgic feel um, for all of this, and and uh, you know I'm proud of uh, you know Scotland's a a pretty small swath of land, but the the accomplishments that people um, have achieved, you know, that are either from Scotland or of Scottish descent, I think is, is pretty admirable. And, you know, the time I've spent there, I just, uh, I've loved the people, I've loved the culture, the, the uh, you know, just the way of life and, you know, the food and, and, and obviously the whiskey. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's something I, I, I think I'll always continue to, to explore uh, deeper connections with. Yeah, awesome. So uh, are you a haggis guy then? Yeah, I can do it, uh, you know, occasionally. Um, when I was there with my dad, he, he was he was putting down a haggis pretty much every morning for breakfast. And, 
you know, I, I, I don't mind eating it, but watching that got a little rough. So, you know, I needed to switch over to some, uh, some, you know, cereal or something every once oh, in a while. Oh, okay. <laughs> you moved to blood pudding or something like that after that. Ah, yeah, I can, I can eat that too. I'm, I'm, as long as it's, uh, you know, freshly shot haggis, I'm okay with it. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get to some, uh, we'll get some rapid fires here. Um, so with regards to kilts, are you a kilt guy? Is that, are you a kilt wearer? I don't have one on today, but um, yeah, I've got my own kilt and I'm happy to, happy to wear it on special occasions. Okay, cool. How about um, with regards to tartan, where, where do you fall in the Mackenzie tartan? Do you like the weathered? Do you like the ancient? Um, I guess I, I, I'm kind of with the, the, the classic. Um, I think it's the, uh, the one that has more of the browns in it. I, I don't know if it's the, the hunting Leather. tartan, but um, yep. yeah, that, that one we've used in some of our, um, you know, just kind of subtle uses in some of our marketing and stuff like that. I like that one a lot too. Yeah, I think I saw it on the Thief and Mallet Club. Your little right. character on there, he's wearing, he's rocking the weather tart and it looks pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about that real fast. I guess I, I did want to talk to you about that. Tell us about that whiskey club that you have. Yeah, we introduced that about a year ago. Um, unfortunately, we can't really ship our products across the country or you uh, know, internationally. So um, our club is not quite like the wine clubs locally, but um, okay. we did want to try to have more of a uh, ambassador type program where um, the Thief and Mallet Club members get, you know, a few bottles every year, uh, a lot of perks when they come to visit, you know, free tours and stuff like that. Nice. And then uh, they always have first dibs on any special releases. Um, like last week for the Kentucky Derby party, we put out an 11-year-old uh, weeded bourbon. And um, we always make sure the Thief and Mallet Club members know about that and they can kind of put their orders in before anybody else. That weeded stuff has really kind of taken over the United States, hasn't it? Yeah, people love weeded bourbon right now. We can't make enough of it. <laughs> yeah, that's fascinating. I kind of thought rye would be would be bigger than the weeded, but weeded is just uh, everybody that I know talks is always talking about weeded bourbon. So I like it. Uh, what's your What's your opinion on it? Neil, you I down. prefer a high rye <laughs> bourbon myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean that's one of the products that's our, our best sellers. Um, yeah. I think it's kind of that whole Pappy Van Winkle kind of, you know, uh, fad and, uh, well, I wouldn't call it a fad. They, I mean, that's been popular for a long time, but yeah, um, yeah people love it. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, in your decanter at home? What are you, what are you drinking when you get home? Uh, I mean, I'm a big whiskey guy, bourbon, rye, um, all, um, but I also love rum. Um, we have a very long winter here in the Finger Lakes and uh, my wife and I love to drink uh, drink rum to just kind of make us feel like we're someplace warm, even though it's it can be, you know, minus 10 degrees outside. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a lot of people drinking rum watching the Johnny Depp uh, trial at home these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we get, you kind of touched on some of your other products. I noticed you have a gin. Uh, it's a London style gin. Is that correct? Not not Scottish style gin. <laughs> Maybe I should have changed that for this call. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. We're going to have a committee about that. <laughs> we do two styles of gin. One is a, a you know classic London dry style. 
The other one is a uh, more of a new world, I call it. Um, less juniper forward, a lot of citrus peel. So yeah, we do that. We do, um, we distill a lot of grapes being in wine country. Um, so our vodka is grape-based, our liqueurs are grape-based. Um, one of the gins, we start with a grape base. Um, and then we make brandies and grappa, um, you know, fruit brandies. Yeah, we, we've got more ideas than we've got the time for. So, plus we have the, the wealth of agricultural material to work with. I mean, all the grains and, and fruit and everything are grown right here. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's that's such a great thing to be able to just source it all right there. You know, that's what it's kind of interesting. You know, I'm from Indiana and um, like you were talking about with Kentucky, it seems like Kentucky gets all the all the praise for the bourbons and the rise and things like that anymore. But it's like people don't know where they're where their rye is coming from. And that's, again, kind of going back to your empire rye situation. It's it's neat that it's going to be you can identify where it's coming from. People that love their certain rye and uh, Kentucky styles don't realize they're drinking some Indiana rye usually, <laughs> which, which is fine for us. We're happy to produce it, I'm sure. I would guess probably a half to two thirds are coming out of Indiana with the labels that you see on the shelf. Yeah. Um, in terms of the rye. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Brian, it's been awesome having having you with us today on the Clan McKenzie podcast. Um, is there anything we can look forward to coming soon from from the Finger Lakes Distilling? Something unique or something uh, neat that we're that we looking for, looking out for? I mean, I, I think the thing I'm most excited for is to have a, a steady supply of, of decently aged uh, malt whiskey. Um, it's uh, you know, it was a big inspiration for doing this and. You know, like I said, we're 13 years in uh, in terms of production. So, um, you know, in terms of like having uh, the whiskey available, now we're, we're just starting to see, you know, 10, 15, 20 casks of malt coming out uh, to maturity in that 12 year range. And, and uh, you know, some of that will hold back for 15, you know, 20, 21 years and, and see how it does. So um, just, just a matter of time, right? <laughs> All right. We look forward to it. Thank you very much again for being with us today. And hopefully you'll come back another time. We can talk further about uh, what's going on there in the Finger Lakes. I'd like to, and I'd love to host any of uh, any of your listeners here at the distillery. Um, we, uh, we're open all the time, uh, pretty much year round. So it's a great place to come visit and have a dram with us. All right. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. All right. A big thank you to Brian McKenzie for joining us this week in the Clan McKenzie podcast. It was a great listen, and uh, it's nice to be able to learn a little bit about a fellow McKenzie out there doing some good in the world and producing handcrafted traditional whiskey. We thank Brian again for being with us, and hopefully we'll get him back soon to talk about that single malt when it's released. As always, we thank you for listening, and if you have suggestions for the show, please reach out to me at podcast at Society co.uk and drop me a line let me know what you're looking for maybe you got a suggestion maybe you got some uh some tips that are going to help this podcast improve i'm happy to hear it positives not as many negatives please but if you got something please reach out drop me a line like to hear from you as always you can find us on instagram and uh, it's been a pleasure thanks for joining us this week and uh, we'll see you next time
Mackenzie podcast is produced by Jared Smart and in association with the Clan Mackenzie Society of Scotland and the UK.